Can we keep it real for a minute? Let's just keep it real. Let's, Let's keep go it all the way real. It's we gonna be a... spent the last goddamn near <laughs> two hours having a great ass conversation. Bomb ass conversation, like, y'all. Amazing content, amazing moment, amazing connection, and. The shit wasn't recorded. The shit disappeared, okay? The devil is alive because we are back and better. We are yes. back in this thing. We recording again, that's right. Yes. And it's going to be even better than the first one, okay? Yes. It will you be better talk different. your shit, Abby. Thank you. Thank you for backing me up. Back me up. Back me up right now. Yes. Get ready for some banter, laughs, and honesty raw and unfiltered it's time for the listen up listen up podcast hosted by lady so listen up listen up listen up what's good everybody it's your girl lady sola been a minute I've taken a little break with the new year, but I'm back. This is episode 14, and without further ado, I got my chick in the building. This is Miss BB Mahato, you know what I'm saying, from Guyana. South American, Guyana, yes. Ghana. <laughs> Shout out to everyone from Ghana, but Guyana and Ghana are two different countries. <laughs> and for those of you that be like, oh, you from Ghana? Why are you not black? Because I'm not from Ghana, ho. I'm from Guyana. <laughs> so people really be mixing up Ghana and Guyana? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all need to pull out a map or Google, like, South America, Google it's, Africa. It's really not uh, ill will or, like, bad intentions. People just don't be knowing. Right. Cool. I mean, it is a tiny country with less than a million people, so I don't blame people for not knowing. It's next to Brazil for those of you that wants to do your Google. Yes, go and I, I've been to Brazil on a study abroad trip. Really? It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> I want to go, but the way their crime rate is set up. Oh, you just going to um, stay. I'm going to stay on the safe side. <laughs> well, I don't know if America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> America isn't looking too much better either, actually. We, yeah. Another topic for another day. That's right. That's right. Well, today we are going to get into, you know, some serious stuff. And we're going to talk about surviving R. Kelly. So let's do what needs to be done. Yes. The latest stories that grabbed our attention and dominated headlines. Listen up. It's time for The Big Three. My body's telling me no. Well, my, my, my. <laughs> I got you, boo. I know it's late. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body, telling me yes. He's talking about a, a young girl. Wake yes. up, people. He's talking about his a young girl. His mind know that fucking with a 13-year-old is fucked up, and his mind is telling him no. <laughs> But his body, his 30-something-year-old body is telling him, 
that he wants the 13-year-old girls. That's the right. thing for the slow folks in the back. Surviving R. Kelly was broken down into six episodes. Lifetime mm -hmm. um, aired the series over a span of three days, mm -hmm. with each day them airing two episodes back-to-back -back, um, in the early part of January. So yeah. the first two episodes really goes into R. Kelly's childhood and his upbringing and basically the kind of boy he was growing up mm -hmm. um, as a child. And he was very timid. He was shy. He loved to sing. You know, he was very creative and artistic. He loved to play the piano. Mm -hmm. um, just a very soft-spoken to himself type of guy. He mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, really like out there at all. Mm -hmm. Not the R. Kelly that we know him know him as today exactly. he was really really sheltered very introverted mm -hmm. um their father left at an early age mm -hmm. mom worked you know a lot of hours worked very hard and he had trouble reading and writing you know mm -hmm. growing up and that really became a, a sore spot for him because mm -hmm. he was very insecure about it very frustrated mm -hmm. Uh, the sense of embarrassment mm -hmm. really took place in his childhood because I think other kids in school would kind of tease him about mm -hmm. it. And, you know, it just became um, one of those things that you don't even want to think about. Like, mm -hmm. you kind of just want to shut that part down. So in, in wake of trying to find something that can make him happy, something that he's good at, mm -hmm. you know, he really delved deeper into music, you know, producing music, putting beats together, singing training himself on, on vocal lessons teaching himself literally how to sing notes without mm -hmm. writing or reading music so like so basically learning music by ear um his younger brother and older brother talk about in the documentary so you know that's basically you know where r kelly you know this persona was birthed and very the introduction age. in a documentary and to just kind of bring things back a little bit, shout out to the producer and yes. the creator of this documentary. What's her name again? Oh, um, what's her name? Um, I definitely am blanking out on her name right now. <laughs> it's cool. Just it's <laughs> Shout out to the producer and the creator. Dream Hampton. Yes. There you go. Boom. There you go. Um, shout out to her for putting this together because I think a lot of people knew what was go like shit here and there about R. Kelly, but she just brought it all together dating back, like as you said, from his early years to literally present day and she just wrapped it all together and just packaged it. And delivered it and it was a powerful ass message and shout out to everyone that participated and the brave survivors that shared their stories so shout out to everyone involved as well yes absolutely mm -hmm. major shout out to dream Hampton you did the damn thing mm -hmm. you are a visionary you are a woman on a mission mm -hmm. you are a woman that is sparking change mm -hmm. by this piece of work that you have put out so I really want to give you the, the the acclaim and the um the the compliments you know the well, honor that you deserve because mm -hmm. because of you and because of this documentary the me too movement has 
something, legs to stand on. Mm -hmm. They have evidence. They have, you know, um, stories circulating and things (laughs) percolating and people talking about this in so many ways. Mm -hmm. You know, R. Kelly got dropped finally from his record label, Sony RCA Records, which is a huge moment. Mm -hmm. That's a huge accomplishment. Because really, and I think they briefly brushed on this, he wasn't producing shit, and he was still signed to this record label. Like, he wasn't dropping an album. When was his last album? I don't know. Oh, crap. He been canceled to me. So. Right. And <laughs> but his last album was no time recent, and he doesn't have black any Black panties? I don't know. Damn. But he doesn't have any plans on dropping shit anytime soon, so why the fuck was he sign, still signed to them in the first place? Exactly. So shout out to this documentary for shedding light on the fucked up shit that he did. And Amen. he's still doing. And that's keeping, helping us to keep our foot on his neck and hold him accountable for all the shit. And now going back to what you were saying before about his younger days, she did a really good job, especially with the timeline. Like, yes. She stuck to the timeline from when he was a young kid. And also mentioning the abuse that he experienced at a very young age, what, like at seven? Yes. Which kind of, at seven, that's like such a tender age. That's like when you're really starting to develop your personality, like your sense, like like who you are. And to be abused by a family member, that kind of sets the tone for your future. And I don't, they didn't mention it in the documentary, but do you think that his abuse was a, like, the fact that he couldn't read was a result of his abuse um, and his timidness? I don't think that his abuse really impacted or influenced mm-hmm. um, his inability to read or write. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that is a good question. Um, I've never heard or read anything about the two relating Mm. to each other I just think coincidentally he just had trouble yeah he just (laughs) (laughs) we just you know he just couldn't read or he had you know he had a lot of difficulty you know reading and writing um it's just interesting that he even though he couldn't read he somehow taught himself how to play music you know, and manipulate people. Yeah, that too, <laughs> that too. Um, in this documentary, I really did like, like you said, how she had the timeline and everything was laid out one by one, piece mm-hmm. by piece, brick by brick, because mm-hmm. it really helps you to see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. It's not just one victim. It's not just one year. It's not just one sex tape trial. Yeah, it's a culmination of things this dude really called himself the pied piper that's crazy and for those of you that don't know who that is let us know google do your googles but i'm gonna give you a brief summary so it's this story about this guy who rendered services to a community of people. I believe like he helped to get rid of their rats or something. And what he did is play the flute, a mm. musical instrument. 
and they didn't want to pay him. So as a way to get back to them, he played his flute to their kids and led the kids away to never be seen again. Mm. Moral mm, of the mm, story mm. is he used his music to lead kids away, never to be seen again. And R. Kelly called himself the Pied Piper. He proclaimed who, himself as the Pied Piper. Who used his music as a tool to lead young girls away, never to be seen again. Maybe not physically, but mentally. Hmm. Damn. That's that's deep. That is deep. And He, he literally hid in plain sight. He really did. And he hid in plain sight for many years. Many years. It, to this day. He's still, in a sense, hiding in plain sight when you have people like the brat blindly and, and boldly defending him Amongst like as many if it's, others. it's normal. Erica Badu was in yeah. something recently. She was just in Chicago at the Aragon Ballroom. Yeah. Which is on the north side of Chicago where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, basically telling people they need to keep their opinions to themselves. Mm-hmm. That yes, he needs healing, but that she supports her friend and that she hopes he gets that, that she does hope that the victims get the healing that they need as well as him. Sweet but, Jesus. you know, that we need to basically keep our opinions to ourselves as well because we weren't there or we weren't involved. Sweet you know, Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Like, like, bless her soul. God bless her soul. I but mean, can we talk about this for a second? Because yes. everyone, like, in reading the comments from a lot of people and even talking to people I'm I hear a lot of things like oh well what happened to this person that person that person you might be right but it doesn't take away from the fact that R. Kelly is a predator and a pedophile and disgusting and a nasty person Mm. people talk about oh well what about the parents okay what about them Yes, parents do have the obligation to take care and watch over their kids and so forth and make sure that, you know, they know about their well-being. However, no parent is with their kid 24-7, 365. For the slow folks in the back, that's 24-7 a day, 24 (laughs) hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year especially when their kids are teenagers. Therefore, they can't know and be... Yes, there is some accountability for them allowing their kids to go to R. Kelly, knowing his past, whatever. However, it doesn't take away from the fact that he is a nasty motherfucker. Like, yes... Disgusting. Exactly. Yes, the parents may have been irresponsible... Yes, they're fucked up in some cases for basically selling their kids and selling their soul for fame, money, and success. However, nothing takes away from the fact that R. Kelly is a nasty motherfucker. He is a pedophile and he is a predator. Hmm. And he needs to be nasty, held accountable nasty, nasty. whether Harvey Weinstein is doing fucked up shit whether Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey is doing fucked up shit yes it's fucked up 
but it does not take away from what R. Kelly has done and is still doing, y'all. Hmm. I mean, we really need to stop justifying, turning a blind eye, and making silly excuses for things that are simple, cold, hard facts. Mm-hmm. He is disgusting. He has done horrific, disturbing, traumatic things to several women mm-hmm. intentionally. It's mm-hmm. not that he was taken over by the devil or he was put in a trance and he didn't no. know what was going He He very no. well was in full control exactly. of what he was doing. And why do I say that? Because as many women have stated, there are two sides to R. Kelly. There is yeah. Robert and there is R. Kelly. And somebody that is not all the way okay or not mentally strong that Mm -hmm. has issues you know like with mental issues or multiple personalities or Mm -hmm. schizophrenia or whatever you would not be able to be able to basically like be smart enough yeah be smart enough to put on a mask when you're in the public and the right time and place when he's out and about doing promo right exactly yeah you know what i mean when he's doing his music concerts interviews collaborations this on tour, whatever mm-hmm. he is the, and this is why people do fall, do get enamorated with mm-hmm. him, cause he's so charming. He many people do find him and attractive. His music is really good. His music is really good. You know, he's he's funny. He's easy to be around. Like, I mean, it's people really get shell shocked, really get like stunned by him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you see all those good things and you don't see the monster, the dark side, it's like, it's hard to believe, but he knows what he's doing and mm-hmm. we need to stop babying him. Exactly. We need to stop protecting mm-hmm. him. We need to stop serving as, you know, like this major defense yeah. covering because for him. he doesn't deserve it and he needs to pay for what he did. Yes. Let do not let other men doing fucked up shit or irresponsible parents and many other things distract you from the fact that R. Kelly is a motherfucking predator out here in these streets. And he fully Come knows on. what he's doing. His team fully knows what he's doing. Hence Money and and NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Yes. Because they know that you're doing something wrong, which is why you're paying out these people, settling these claims out of court, out of the public eye, and having these non-disclosure agreements. And that's why most of the people are not speaking up, because you settle with these non-disclosure agreements, they take this money, and they can't talk. And if they do talk, they have to pay it back. Exactly. Or they stop receiving payments. Exactly. And people need to understand that, like, <laughs> R. Kelly has a whole supporting cast ecosystem. He mm-hmm. has everything at his fingertips. He has yes men. Mm-hmm. Yes men and yes women yeah. around him 24 7 that mm-hmm. is enabling and supporting this behavior. Yeah. Nobody has the balls to pull this man aside and, and say X, Y, and Z. Nobody really did that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, something would have been done sooner. Mm-hmm. So he does settle out of court. He does have the non-disclosure agreements. And another disturbing thing that I learned about from Geronda Pace in an interview she's done is that he does have the girls basically write and sign 
pre-drafted contracts mm -hmm. uh, stating certain things that I have done this, this has happened, that has happened when none of this stuff has happened. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. makes sure they signs it without a date. He tells wow. them, make sure don't date it so that when shit hits the fan, when the women wake up, their eyes are open, they decide, I want to leave this man, I want to tell my story and come forward, mm -hmm. he's going to basically date use it. the contract as proof that she it was this happened i con contracted an std that i wanted to uh, have sex with women mm -hmm. and, and him that i was okay with it mm -hmm. that i i got paid wow. i worked for him as an assistant like he had you see so this is somebody that is very in tune mm -hmm. and very um in control of what he's trying to do he is trying to be a sick pedophile because mm -hmm. that's his kryptonite that's what he loves to do. He can't get enough of filming young girls, doing mm -hmm. things with not just girls, but men as well. That is his thing. That is his, his kryptonite. Yeah. So he's going to do everything. He's going to put everything in place to ensure that you keep the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. The well oil machine keeps running for real without any um interruption it this yeah pretty much and, and I he's wanna, been doing it for several years and he's still doing it to this day like literally to this day jocelyn savage is still hasn't spoken to her parents in over three years yeah over yeah i believe it's uh either over, i think it's over three years now. Yeah. jocelyn and asriel yeah and i want to I want to bring it back a little more to what I to kind of touch on what I was saying before about people victim shaming and victim blaming and holding the, like talking about the parents like I just want to say if you guys want to listen to his music you don't need to make these bullshit excuses as to why you want to listen to his music just don't say shit or Say that I don't care that this artist is fucked up. He's nasty. I don't care that he's a pedophile. I don't care that he's abusive. I don't care that he's a predator. I don't care that he preys on young colored girls. Teenage underage, underage girls. I don't care about none of that. All I care about is the music. Just say that and you would make yourself look a little better. Because you making up these bullshit excuses to listen right. to his music is fucked up. And I don't know, like, who you think you're playing for a fool. Like, yeah. anybody can see through that bullshit. Like, yeah. you're not going to continuously come up with with um, weak excuses. Exactly. Just because you want to still listen to his music. Exactly. We see just right say, through you, Yeah, sis. just say you don't care. We see like, right just through so, you. Just say you don't care. And just really think about the message that you're sending. Especially, like, most of R. Kelly's, like, fan base are people of color, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of women, yeah. a lot of black women. That's probably the highest uh, group, yeah. racial group or whatnot. But mm -hmm. I, I know he has fans all over, all over the world. Exactly. Definitely. But, but I really want the message to be sent. Like, the type of girls that he is preying on are young girls of color, young black girls. And yeah. really, really just Let think that about that message. In. Like, Think about that message. You care about music, then you care about these young girls. 
Like, just like think about the message that you are sending these young girls that may may not be in this R. Kelly situation, but may be abused in their own home. May and they're scared to come out. They're scared to talk about it, or whatever the case may be. They're scared because hmm. from what's being painted in the media is that their voices don't matter. They're, they don't matter. That's 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 the message that's being painted when you support this bastard, R. Kelly. Right, and and that's a great point that you made. I wanted to add as well, from I guess more so an economic standpoint mm-hmm. with this R. Kelly ecosystem, people have to understand the way I look at it is when you decide to cease listening to his music and to refuse to purchase, to refuse to stream, that in turn eventually does bring him down. Mm-hmm. Not just as an artist, but as a man, because now you have someone that gets dropped from his record label. He's no longer really able to book shows, mm-hmm. you know, across the country to tour. He's no longer mm-hmm. to create an album to sell because he's not on the record label. Um, you know, he's he's not making money. So eventually, you know, he's not going to be able to have um, the finances to keep those victims hostage because Mm -hmm. you have to remember, guys, that the way that he's been kind of balancing this control is with money. Mm -hmm. When shit hits the fan, he pays the parents off. Mm -hmm. When the girls want to leave, he's giving them money to stay or he's giving them money to provide for their families, Mm -hmm. their brothers, their sisters, their mom, their dad, like it's it's deep and money is a big source yeah. of power for r kelly the sexual um intimidation is one and then money is the other so and if his we celebrity can, and his yes his star yeah. power so i feel like those are the top three things mm-hmm. that works in his favor basically mm-hmm. so if we can remove one of those things which mm-hmm. is money and take money literally it, take money out of his pockets it reduces his power and it affects which hopefully everything. will make these girls come home that's so true that's you have so to think true. of it on a more deeper financial you know what i mean for like, real that's so true what you're saying abby is like a thousand percent like if you want to mess with someone mess with their money and mess with their pockets like that's gonna affect everything else because guess what if he's not making money then he right. can't pay the people that are enabling his behavior. He yes. can't pay the assistants. He can't pay the lawyers. Definitely he can't not. play the publicists. He can't pay whoever, the securities. He can't play all of the fuckers that are part of his camp. And the only reason why they are there, unless they're brainwashed themselves, is because of money. Take away the money, what does he have? Take away the money and the fame, what does he have? Not much. And to be honest, like, without money, can you really, like, can he really have his legacy and his fame, right? He can't, he, because he's, he can't continue to book shows. He can't put out music. Right. But what is he going to have? And all that's left is the things from the past, his old exactly. stuff. Which, yeah, people can still choose to listen to it, but now you have this whole mute Hashtag mute R. Kelly movement, which is mm-hmm. is on the upswing. It's yeah. on the uprise. So more and more people are listening to R. Kelly less and less. Yeah. So now you take away the money and the fame, which is more of the current power. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is like the residual power, which is his past content, his past music, mm-hmm. and basically his catalog. 
that also gets diminished as well because yeah. he's being taken off of streaming services by you know other artists that collaborate mm-hmm. on songs with him. RCA Lady has Gaga. dropped him. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chance the Rapper I know has yeah. publicly basically said that was a mistake. Yo. So of working with him. I so, yeah. deleted even a goddamn feature. I went through my library and my phone and deleted that shit. Even if he was on a motherfucking feature, I deleted that shit. I need to go and delete. Now that you said, honestly, I do have R. Kelly on my Apple Music. Like, I need to, like, go and clean that up. Cause yeah, delete I, that shit. I don't even listen to him, but now I need to, like, actually go in there and, like, delete it For off real. of, like, my, my personal can't. library. Because... Hell no. Granted. I'm not having none of that. Mm-mm. Granted, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, nobody's perfect. And I know I'm hypocritical because I do listen to artists that are not perfect. But in this situation, like, I cannot separate the music from the person. Like, I can't separate the art from the person. Because the person's... is The person is so disgusting. And he is a predator to these girls like I can't look past that to listen to his music especially when his music is his art is a depiction of the person that he is mmm that's the that's what really adds insult to injury he is so cocky he is so like like I'm gonna throw this in your face like so many of his lyrics are basically stories and um, and, you know, experts and stuff that were on the documentary talked about, like, mm-hmm. many of his lyrics from a lot of his songs are basically stories of him detailing, you know, things that are were real-life experiences for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to find that bag. I know them, that bag of tapes is somewhere in Chicago. You think they burnt it by now? Like, I feel like you have to be real dumb to not have this discarded that by now like you have to be on another level like do you think that they really like all those tapes are really i don't know i feel like he's so sick and perverted that though like the one of the clinical psychologists um talked about it that having those tapes is basically his trophy yeah it's It's like a serial killer that kills people and take like certain things to remind them of their kills right Exactly, right. and it's almost like it's I don't like know. A prize. It's a prize. It saying, brings them joy. It's yeah. also like a motivation that when they, if they want to continue doing it, hey, here's a tangible reminder mm-hmm. of you did this before. You can do it again, yeah. right? Yeah. It's that sick, perverted, you know. I've heard mention also destructive cycle. Yeah, and I've heard mention also that he kept that as a way to blackmail the girls, but like. You're not blackmailing nobody but your goddamn self by having sex with 13-year-old girls and 14-year-old girls. Like, who are you blackmailing? I know, but the sad part is they bought into it. Yeah. That all of them bought into the the fear. Mm-hmm. The fear is what kept them there for yeah. a lot of women. The fear and the lack of understanding that there is a life out there for you, mm-hmm. that you deserve more. Mm-hmm. You know, when... Um, predators break you down they break you down to build you up to break you down to build you up to break Mm -hmm. it's literally like this domino effect that just keeps going on over and over and over people that are abused and people that are on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. it's two different worlds yeah and i mean 
I can, I'm only explaining it basically in the best way that I think it, it is, but I really feel like people that look at abusers and say, why didn't she leave? And she was grown and, you know, I don't understand why she stayed for so long and what does she see in him and this, that, and the third or whatever. But they have to understand that when you are in it, when you are deep, you know, waist deep in that shit, like you don't see it as, oh my God, I'm being abused. This is a horrible thing that's happening to me. He is so wrong and so disrespectful and so demeaning and degrading. I deserve more. I am this. I am powerful. I am beautiful. You don't think those things when you are in a, when you are the uh, captive and you have a captor, which is the Stockholm syndrome. You don't, you don't view, you don't view a relationship or your life in that way. You just believe that this This is is your life. Yeah. And this is the best that I'm ever going to get. Right. And that's why if you, nobody else is going to love me the way he loves me. And that's why he prays I'm not gonna survive on without weak-minded him. younger girls yes. that are vulnerable. Vulnerable that come from, you know, broken homes or from single-parent homes. The uh, women that are suffering from depression, um, you know. And he, man, it's crazy. Like, he really studies that shit. Like, mm-hmm. people close to him said he purposely studies yeah. girls to see... Okay, if this one, the when he asked them questions and we yeah, there was like questionnaires that they had to answer, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I never heard about actual questionnaires. I think I thought that was in like the documentary, like when they would first meet, like he would ask them like specific questions to see, like I know, like just in conversation. I think. Well, from my understanding, one of the girls, um. Lisa Van Allen, I think it was. She was talking about when she first met him, like he was asking her like specific questions. I think she was 17 or something like that, if I recall correctly. And he was asking her like, would your mom be okay with you coming with me like to work or whatever? And that allowed her to tell him that, like, oh, my mom is not really in the picture. Like, she's, like, you know? So he, like, he had specific questionnaires to choose his victims. Right. And to choose who will get moved into the house and who will kind of be coming and going. Mm -hmm. Like, have more freedom, basically, because they're not, and they're going to be harder to to manipulate. You see what I'm saying? So he, it's like, he's an expert. He's a mass manipulator. He's been doing this for goddamn over 20 years. He's skilled at this. Yeah, this is what he does. It's not not an accident. It's not like, ooh, how did I do that? (laughs) I pulled that off? No, he, he's an expert. Like, he does He's the devil. Let me go, let's go on record for those of you that are now joining us. We're talking about the devil R. Kelly. Do you yep. know? I don't devil know, like, Kermit. if you're really into, like, the Bible and stuff like that. But, like, y'all do know that the devil was a musical angel before he was cast out of heaven, right? Yeah. Like, that's what the devil was. That's why music can impact us so much. And R. Kelly is, like, the devil. Damn. Death. Oh my gosh, damn, that, that's like 
scary. You know, that's scary to think about that one man and the fa- well, it's can not cause one, this yeah, much havoc. Well, that's the thing. It's damage. not just one man. Like, it's You're the right. people around him and his camp. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, he can't read. Like, he couldn't have pulled this off without <laughs> the help of other people. So <laughs> those people are to be held accountable equally. Maybe not, like, equally, but damn near 85 point. 87.5% equally for the fucked up shit that these girls, like ruining the life of these girls and their families is horrendous. It's it, it's disappointing and disheartening. Mm-hmm. Now, like what you said with how he had a whole team of people, he has people around him that enabled all of this to happen. Absolutely. Many key people, including Demetrius Smith, who was R. Kelly's former tour manager. Mm-hmm. He is the one that forged documents mm-hmm. so that R. Kelly can marry Aaliyah. Yes. When she was what? 15 S- years 15 old. And forged one, five. For those of you that may interpret it as 50, for the slow ones in the back again, <laughs> she was... 15, one, five years old. And he was what? Damn near 30? He, I think he was 27. Damn near 30. Basically. <laughs> Too old to be messing with a damn 14-year-old. That's so crazy. Like, and, you know, this manager is over here hee-heeing and ha-haing on the documentary like it's some joke or something. Like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. He didn't have a tux and she didn't have a white dress on. And I was a simple signature. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I forged it. I wasn't proud of that. Yeah. To this day, you're damn right you shouldn't be proud of it. But I will commend him for being real. We've had conversations before. I will commend him for being honest about the fucked up shit he did. He His delivery, eh, questionable. And I think, right. like a lot of people, some people be nervous and stuff like that. But I do commend him for, because he could have easily said, like, oh, I didn't know. Like, he could have easily been like, oh, well, Denied this is everyone. what I suspect could have happened this is what i see but i didn't think about it just kind of like r kelly's ex-wife like right like he could have like he could have been like oh i didn't know all of this was going on but he did come out and he did talk about the fucked up shit he did in aiding r kelly so i to an extent i respect his honesty for being real right i, Even I respect though that how as well. it made him look like you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I mean, I... It doesn't I, make what he like, did right. He right. was still fucked up, and he should be held accountable. I respect him for being brave enough to come on this documentary, show his face, and reveal himself and all that, but that's the only thing I can respect him on, only yeah. because I've read too many things on this man. He has literally been the 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 sex trafficker yeah. for R. Kelly. He's the one that was on MySpace recruiting girls and wow. slipping girls' numbers on the piece of paper so that they that um the girls can call R. Kelly at a later time. Like there's always been like a liaison. Mm-hmm. So the middleman. And mm-hmm. a lot of times he played he was, that role wow. in in joining the girls with R. Kelly. Wow. It wasn't R. Kelly walking up to girls mm-hmm. by himself like, hi, oh, my name is R. Kelly. I'm not sure if you've heard of me, but yeah. oh, it's nice to no. no. Like he had different Security, people and yeah. yep, that were always Managers. the ones 
willing and dealing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And this tour manager was a big part of it, especially in the 90s, oh, uh, wow. for sure. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, but, no, it's, I mean, we still commend him for, like and you said, coming forward and, and, and speaking, and speaking the truth. Yes. Because that's what that's we That's all need. I commend him for. That is all. <laughs> just, to, just to clear that up. Just to clear that up. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, it's fucked up, man. Like. It's, it's so fucked up. Like, and I want to, I want to talk about. Javante Cunningham and Sparkle. First off, Javante Cunningham was a backup dancer. Or, mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, backup singer. Like, R. Kelly's, like, very first backup singer mm-hmm. uh, in the early 90s. And she is actually the one that revealed, put, just spilled the tea about I mean, damn, like, <laughs> she, she just, damn. you know what I'm saying? Can we like, even call she just the kicked tea? the whole tea kettle over, child. <laughs> for real. She said, to hell with the whole mug. pot. For to hell this mug, bitch, and this little tea bag. Now y'all gonna get this piping hot water kettle tea, for real. Yep, for real. exactly. And that she, tea that yep. will burn your mouth and leave it burning for days. <laughs> like no ice is gonna help you. No, like, I'm sorry. No, like, no, no, no ice. even going to the emergency room. I don't know if there's anything they could do for you. They just gonna ask you your why whole joint you, is just burned. Why is your whole tongue like burning? <laughs> like wh- what did you do? Like. Like, damn, I just heard about... Aaliyah. Yeah, Aaliyah and R. Kelly having sex on the tour bus. Like, she basically said that's what happened. The door flew open on the tour bus, and there they were. And this was before they got married, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, This is when she was, like, his mentee. Like... Yeah, like his protege. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they were working on her first album Mm -hmm. at this point. It hadn't come out yet or anything. I hadn't realized how young she was when she got into the industry. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like, I didn't, I never really thought about that either. Mm -hmm. Because the whole R. Kelly era, honestly, like, I didn't, I wasn't up on it. I was just too young to know what was going on. Exactly. And on top of that, culture was different back then, like. Men dating old young older men dating younger girls was somehow acceptable back then. It was in different schools all over the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially you know, you yeah. know, we black heard about one, the black girls, Hispanic girls, like yeah. that was definitely a I big think. thing in Chicago yeah. for sure. Everywhere you hear about the girl, the freshman dating the college. The college student and the stuff college like that. sophomore, and everybody thought that that was so cute. And oh my god, and he's taking me to prom! Like we yeah. about to look so good. Yeah, like and he's, he's coming in his car. Like, he got yeah. a um, like that shit was not okay. He got a four focus. <laughs> yes, like y'all. <laughs> he got the sunroof and everything, bitch. We about to be on in the summertime, like. <laughs> I'm about to be waving y'all from y'all from the uh, front of the school. Like, no, yeah. y'all can't get a ride unless I fuck with you the long way. Mm-hmm. Like, now nah, we we fell out. You not yeah. getting no ride, bitch. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm so happy that culture has changed in that way. Like, this shit is not acceptable in any way whatsoever. And I feel like this R. Kelly documentary is more so because it's damn near 30 like over 20 years yeah he's not going to jail do you think he's going to jail um 
I think it's a possibility. I think there's hope a very that it slim can happen. possibility. Yeah, I, I think with like this documentary and just all the, the verbal accounts, mm-hmm. you know, like women, um, you know, really retelling what yeah. happened. Of what course, about like don't... Statue of Limitation and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, that, that is unfortunately something that does play a big role. And mm-hmm. also the fact that there's no like visual proof because the reason why there was such a big chance for him to go to jail before was because of that one tape with yeah. Lisa Van Allen is the reason why the tape got leaked. Is because she decided to take that one tape, which she was on, but there were also several other scenes with him and then Rashonda by themselves. Mm. But then the tape got leaked after she passed it on to somebody, which was stupid, but whatever, to, uh, to another artist that knows R. Kelly or whatever. And then somehow they got the tape back to R. Kelly, but the tape has already leaked mm-hmm. all over the place at this point. But the reason why you know, that trial was so crucial was because there was physical visual, like a actual physical evidence Mm -hmm. that could, that they could bring those charges against them on. Now it's kind of like, Oh, unless somebody else has a tape, they've been hiding all this one. They want to say, I do have that one tape. I didn't tell nobody. Unless somebody else has a tape, it's going to be really difficult. But, and on top of that, like my thing is like, why, wasn't there like a warrant to search his properties for those other tapes? Um, those other tapes are evidence. That's a good question. Why? Because the Chicago PD was in on this shit. I yeah, you could say that. Mm-hmm. Say that loud for the people in the back, cause for real, we all know like like people gave looked up to R. Kelly in mm-hmm. Chicago. Like exactly. there's no secret about that. Exactly. Um but to kinda go back to what I was asking about before, like I don't know if he like hopefully he can be held accountable, whether it's maybe not going to jail or whatever. But I feel like this opens up a bigger conversation for rape culture and what's acceptable like when it comes to dating younger girls like like it's not acceptable for a 30 year old to be messing with a 17 year old like that shit is just not okay no it's not okay in any way shape or form and it's in any state exactly and i think this opens those conversations for those older family members that may be doing some shit those you know yeah. Oh, yeah. Those like stepfathers and like you know. Yeah. Like, Godfathers. All have heard those stories. Like this opens those conversation for the other family members to really open their eyes and speak up and listen to the girls exactly. if they do talk. Like let let their voices be heard. You know. Absolutely, and not to hold on to this old school traditional I'm brushing notion. shit under the rug yes brushing shit under the rug and also keeping things within the family yeah. what happens in this family stays in this family exactly we we need to get out of that frame of thinking exactly. as well because you're not doing those girls any good and you're not doing the family For any real. good you just said some real shit it's like seriously you have to let that go and stop saying i'm protecting my family legacy or i'm protecting my family members no, when this type of stuff happens to a girl in the family, mm-hmm. 
all bets have to be off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Whoever needs no... to be exposed needs to be yeah. exposed. Like, period. there should be no alternative. Like, there should be no if, ands, or buts. Right. Just shed the light. Shit. Yes. Speaking of buts, um, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> um, Sparkle, uh, childhood, you know, I guess singer and uh, friend to R. Kelly, mm-hmm. um, she is the one that introduced her 14-year-old niece, Rashonda Lanfear. In mm-hmm. case y'all didn't know what her name was, in case I didn't know what her name was, because I was watching that whole documentary and I was literally googling. Like, our, you know, Sparkle's niece, Sparkle, like, what's her name? And it was, like, so hard to find. I literally really? found her name on a comment under a YouTube video. What? Like, that's how I stumbled Shout upon her name. Shout out to you for being a detective, because I definitely <laughs> didn't know her name until today. <laughs> like, real talk. So, she is the one that that's got That's what you call journalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's what you call that entertainment, like <laughs> gossip journalism. Like I must find out, the, find For out real. these pieces of information. We just need to know, right? We yes. just, we sometimes you just have to know. Yeah, For real. By any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that got introduced to R. Kelly when she was only fourteen. She was twelve when oh, she first yeah. was introduced to him. That's she was true. fourteen on the sex tape. 13 or 14 on the sex tape. Yeah, she was 12 when she got introduced and 14 on the sex tape. And um, Lisa Van Allen Mm -hmm. recounted experiences where she was introduced to a girl that eventually she had threesomes with Mm -hmm. R. Kelly. And she was told that the girl was 16 when in reality she was actually 14. 14. I'm still trying to figure out how that makes a difference, but... Right, like how 16 is, like, yeah. any better than... Maybe, like, 16 is the age of consent in Chicago? Oh, no, I'm going to have to do a little quick a litigation research okay. on that one. To find... Maybe it is because... Anyways, I digress. <laughs> like, I don't know why they were trying to make it sound like that was so much better, but... Yeah, you know, so part episode one and two had plenty of individuals that spoke to the young R. Kelly or whatnot. Mm. And, you know, the horror just continues. In episode three and four, the sex tape scandal Mm -hmm. is is alive and well, full effect. You know, the tape gets sent to the Chicago Times. This is after Lisa Van Allen takes her one tape. Out of the bag. I wish she would have taken a few more. I wish she would have kept the copy for herself. I wish she would have taken the whole goddamn bag. I know, but obviously. Yeah, the, I know. Yeah, but I mean, if she was really had some balls to like really make copies of all the tapes and then return the tape yeah. bag back, that would have been some ball shit. Mm-hmm. For real. But um, yeah, like so the journalist then from the Chicago Sun-Times, shout out to Chicago Sun-Times, mm-hmm. turned over the tape to the police, and that is basically when the investigation ensued. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some interesting quotes that Sparkle said throughout the documentary that I just feel is questionable is that um, she never, she said that she never thought that R. Kelly would do something like this to her family. The reason why that's um, problematic for mm-hmm. me is emphasizing on her family. Like, Okay, this might have been happening to hella other people, but my family? Yeah. What? My blood? My flesh and blood? My niece? My own niece? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. So, it 
it's a problem. That Mm -hmm. is a problem to me because it's like it wasn't really a big deal when you knew. Because I feel like she knew. She knew what was going on too. They all. I heard they used to have a relationship too. Sparkle and R. Kelly like briefly dated or something. I don't don't know. know. From what she said in watching her recent Breakfast Club interview, she said that um, a lot of her stuff was cut out of the documentary and one of the things that she spoke about that was important to her that was cut out of the documentary was the introduction to with her niece to R. Kelly and she wanted to emphasize that she didn't just pass her niece on to R. Kelly like it was a formal introduction with the girl's parents and her and R. Kelly and so forth like so that R. Kelly can mentor the young girl to be a superstar. So I guess that's what she wanted to stress upon. Okay. Yeah. And what you're saying is interesting. It's just interesting to me because I know, like, a woman's intuition is unmatched. And, like, you are among, you're around this man. Right, that's working on your debut album. Frequently... And you don't suspect anything. And it goes Hmm. back to, like, people, like, I realize that people don't give a fuck unless it affects them or people that they care about. Right, like, directly, people that they directly care about, like, their own kids or, you know what I mean, like, the immediate Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. It's, It's sad, and that her rhetoric basically proves that. Yeah. That's kind of, like, her mentality, you know what I mean, which is... That's the mentality basically that I'm getting at is that none of us need to have as a community, as grown women, as, you know, mothers, Mm -hmm. as parents, as a whole. We do not need to have that attitude that as long as it ain't my kids. Exactly. You know, like if you see something, say Say something. something. Exactly. Period. Period. Not Not only in this situation, I feel like in general, like in general, like it's okay to speak up about injustice and unfair treatment and wrong, just plain out wrong things. It's okay to speak up against wrongdoing, even if it doesn't necessarily directly affect you. Like, just because it doesn't necessarily affect you doesn't mean that you can't speak up against it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You should be wanting to speak up against it because it is wrong. Yes. And it is harming someone, an mm-hmm. innocent life, a life that is impressionable, a life that is is not in full control. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, someone that doesn't have, you know, power or whatnot over what they're doing because they're still lo- learning and growing. Mm-hmm. And they're basically being strongly mentally influenced by someone that has very deviant intentions exactly um so you have to be able to to do the right thing Mm -hmm. i feel like in those cases um yeah so 2002 is when he got arrested finally we started to see a turn and maybe you know Mm -hmm. justice was going to be served and he's going to go to jail all these years this has been going on the sex tape was kind of like the pinnacle at this point of his career Mm -hmm. and all his music is not going to resonate the same anymore people Mm -hmm. are going to start to turn their back on him he's going to lose money he's going to lose support and credibility and all these things 
And it, the exact opposite happened. He pled not guilty. He got to the courtroom, pled not guilty. He posted bail. I think it was about $700,000 bail or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he just went back about his business. business yeah. And Touring a lot and of artists, artists work with him after that. A lot. A Very lot. high profile A-list artist. Absolutely. In the after Space Jam. Uh, I believe yeah. I can fly. It was on the Space Jam uh, soundtrack. That mm-hmm. was what? Can't That's... even watch that. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I we can watch Space Jam the movie, movie. right? Just but fast the... forward through the oh, <laughs> fast forward through the yeah. It's a damn shame what it we have to do women. now. Yeah, man, just fuck R. Kelly. Forever. Just mute, just mute the TV. Yeah. Like when they started playing the scene where they're playing the R. Kelly. Like how we're we're muting R. Kelly in everyday yeah. life. So mute the TV. You'll be all right, you know, um, and just can't support this man at any cost. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrea Kelly, hmm. <laughs> R. Kelly's ex-wife. Let me just quickly say this. Drea, you look fraudulent. You look like you're on a come up. You look like you are trying to get child support payments in any shameless way you possibly can and you don't seem to have your children's interests at heart because you are doing things to publicly support R. Kelly which your kids have already come out very fervently fervently Saying they hate their father, that he is a monster, yeah. that making songs and all this stuff about him. And you're him. referring to that video that surfaced of her jamming out to his music and talking about how she supports his music and his music genius and all that, right? Yes, but I was also referring to her own kids, like her mm-hmm. oldest, who's a transgender. So the oldest daughter, J- Jaya, I think, mm-hmm. who's now Jay, she, he has he actually made a song like, that he posted on his Instagram story wow. or whatever. Like, basically calling out R. Kelly, saying some stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but yeah, she's in the car singing mm-hmm. Happy People. And I don't care. I don't care what y'all think. At the end of the day, he's mm-hmm. he's a musical genius and this, that, and the third. He's still my baby daddy. Still calling him your baby daddy. Come mm-hmm. on. Knock it off. Knock it off because you look ridiculous. You're over here on this documentary crying and saying R. Kelly is the devil, that you hate him, mm-hmm. that you hate what he has done to, mm-hmm. to you, to your family, and this, that, and the third, but yet you're still supporting him. Exactly. I'm going to need you to pick a side, sis. You Just either- last week, I told him to pick a side. <laughs> that never gets old. I know, that's my favorite line. That's a good line. (laughs) But you know what? And I I do believe that she was... I do believe that she was mistreated, abused mentally, physically, in probably some of the worst ways that we will never know. And, like, I do believe that she, like, was manipulated immensely while she was with him but she was with him for damn near 13 years like you didn't know what was going on for this whole damn near 13 years before you divorced him like come on if you this is why like I can't like believe like her story just don't add up 
I get it. I'm, and I'm not saying, I'm not like blaming her for anything whatsoever. All I'm saying is just like, I would prefer to see, like, if she knew what was going on all along, I would prefer to be like, you know what? I knew what was going on. Like, I had an idea, but I was so mentally fucked up that I didn't think that I could do, I would matter. Like, I don't, I didn't think I could do anything that would change anything. I didn't want to leave him because I was scared that I have these three kids I have no financial support. Yeah, I have nothing for myself. Yeah. He may come after me. He's powerful. He has connections. Like, I was scared. Like, if she said That's that. So true. Yeah, if she said that, I would, like, it would be, like, more believable, more genuine. But, like, she's just claiming to not know a damn thing. And it's just, like, how, like, could you not know a damn thing? And that is an insult on the public's intelligence. Yes. Because who do you think you're convincing when you tell these fabricated lies? Exactly. Like these obvious lies that have so many holes in your story. There's so many holes that are poked in this story. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just no way that it's possible. You lived in that house with him. And there's even... Okay, Michelle did an interview with Hollywood Unlocked Mm -hmm. where that's a whole nother thing, child, because she, mm, but anyway, but she, yeah, I mean, she basically kind of still defends him kind of, well, not recently, but like in the, that interview she did, which I think was sometime last year or whatever, Mm -hmm. but she said she was controlled by Akrilli and she saw things. Okay, Michelle? Yeah, she, she was mentored by him. What? You didn't know? I didn't know. Girl, yeah, she, yeah, she was mentored. But anyway, the part I wanted to highlight in the interview <laughs> that she talked about was that um, there was one time when, oh no, that was Sparkle. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I apologize. But yeah, K. Michelle, look that up, y'all. K. Michelle, you know, she still feels like he did so much for her career. He saved her life. That's basically how she puts it. So she can't ever see herself like causing him harm and his yeah. life or going against him. Even though she knows the things she's heard, it sounds so terrible, and yeah. she prays for the girls, blah, blah, blah. So Whatever. basically, because but he saved her career and life, it's okay for him to be a pedophile and a predator. Basically. Got it. Yeah. But um, Sparkle is the one that said one time uh, early on, whatever, they were watching the Bulls game, and then she kept hearing this knock. Nah, yeah. And whatever. Andrea, c- cut it out. That's all I'm telling you. We know what's up. Why are you knocking and timidly? Can I come downstairs to get something? You're doing the same thing those victims do. You're doing the same thing his sex slaves do. Why? Because you're part of the, you have to follow the same game plan too. If you didn't know what was going on, you would just walk around the house like, you know, like what's going on? Who are you? You She did say that she was abused. So that may be part of it. Okay, so, so she was abused and, and somehow didn't know that other chicks were being abused as yeah. well. Yeah, so I think her story is that she was kept separate from everything else, which is why she had no idea about what was going on. But you telling me <laughs> that all this shit going on... <laughs> on this side of the house. Like, like... So you was in the bedroom the whole time? Like, you didn't hear nothing, like, your intuition and kicking. You didn't, like, walk out in the hallway and see some. Yeah. Like, it's a lie. It's all a you lie because. You didn't watch TV. You didn't have no, no one. Not goddamn 
one there's always about one person what? like you didn't have at least one person <laughs> but now I feel like I'm victim blaming and now that I feel kind of guilty but it's just like I again I don't feel like she I, I don't feel like she was like she had life good I do think that based on what I've seen I do feel like she was abused but Absolutely. I don't feel like she's and I agree. being yeah. 100% honest in her quote-unquote truth. Like, I, that's just my opinion based on what I've seen. And that's all that I'm talking about. My opinion based on what I've seen. At the end of the day, we don't know, like, how shit really played out from beginning to end. You know? With their relationship. Yeah. So... Who knows? Yeah, no, I absolutely believe, like, the cycle of abuse was a part of her life, Mm -hmm. and there's no doubt about that. I just, you know, I just don't appreciate kind of... The dishonesty. The the dishonesty right now. And, yeah. And, like, how some things just seem very forced, very strategized, like you're just trying to get money in some certain ways, and you're doing anything, you're willing to do anything to get it, and... It's just, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I wish you all the best. Sis, I, I wish you all the best, you know. I hear you trying to get a reality show or something. I mean. Power to you. And she was on Hollywood X's as well in the really? past. I think she did do Hollywood like I mean, she got to get her money one way or another. Yeah, since I'm he doesn't pay her. child support. Exactly. So. Yeah. He's broke ass. Uh, is he really broke though? I hope he is. is. I hope so. And I hope he ends up with not even a penny in his name. Nothing. Yeah. I I hope the same thing. Um, One thing that was very disturbing in this documentary, I just want to highlight this real quick. Bruce Kelly, who's R. Kelly's older brother, said he never understood why his younger brother, Carrie Kelly, turned down $100,000 and a one-song record deal. From Robert, he said to this day, and I quote, "I will never understand." And to this why day, why he did that? And to this day, we understand why he was doing this recording in a <laughs> brown jumpsuit from jail <laughs> because he don't know right from wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that speaks volumes. Like you literally did this interview and from prison also was like, in a tan jumpsuit. Yeah, and he also was like, "Oh." Well, I, it's younger girls are just R. Kelly's preference. I like older women. He like younger. The older brother is saying, "Well, I like older women. He likes younger girls. Younger girls. What's the big deal?" Um, I was like, "What?" I was like, no, I, "I heard this, that." I hope this motherfucker spends the rest of his life in jail because clearly he is not real. <laughs> People go to jail to like reform, right? Yeah. And like re rehabilitate themselves. Clearly that's not he's not there yet. He needs a next he's, like it's getting worse. Yeah, he needs like another twenty years and maybe some therapy in there. <laughs> like, like I don't know what is going on. Like we need to just douse him in some holy water. Yeah. I think he might need some some damn his cell needs to be saged. Yes. It needs to be sprinkled with holy water. The, maybe the, what do they call the people, the exorcist? 
<laughs> like the the person that can get like the past spirit, spirits like no that they like like pull spirits out of bad it's spirits like out it? of people. I think so. It's like a like yeah. normally those be pastors, no? Oh, I guess they could be <laughs> priests or like pastors that yeah. like basically pray the the, the bad, devil and, away. Yeah, pray, <laughs> pray the devil out of him. He, he needs something. He, he needs some, some prayers. Boy. He does. He does need prayers because mm-hmm. I don't know what he was talking about. But with this whole, with the whole trial and everything starting off in 2002, it gets delayed and delayed and, and delayed and guy, delayed until 2008. He was at the motherfucking Olympics. Ain't that some shit? While this shit was going down. Like, how ironic is that? Like, you are literally representing America. Like, and it's like. And that just goes to show the power that R. Kelly possessed, especially during that time. He reigned supreme, he controlled everything, he was the ruler of his kingdom. Yeah, and he still couldn't read. <laughs> My I just be wondering this whole time, like how he wrote all these songs when he can't read. Damn, that's. Do you think he actually had like a personal, <laughs> a personal writer, like somebody that he would be talking like, "This is what I want to say," and they tra- right. he probably did have a transcriber. Oh, I hope she wasn't a female. Mm. She mm. was probably another. She one. probably was. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about what that what mm. that may have looked like. Geronda Pace, when this trial was going on, she was one of the many super fans, one of the many supporters that was outside of the Chicago court. Photographed with him in the front of the court steps. In front of the courtroom. And somehow I think his bodyguard or something was the one that gave... Gave her his number, whatever. She mm-hmm. said before she even had a chance to, to use the number, she got a call, and it was from R. Kelly himself, mm-hmm. that said, oh, you know, I just wanted to reach out mm-hmm. and say thank you for your support. I, I saw you there every day out there, you know, and I just want to really thank you, blah, blah, blah. Of course, starting off nice and charming mm-hmm. and sounding like a, a changed man, a man maybe that understands the gravity of, of the trial that he's been through and how grateful he is that, like, I did some wrong, but God has saved me. He's given me a second chance. Instead of him at that point to literally devote his life to healing, to getting better, yeah. to, to making a turnaround, he goes further. further yeah. And that goes to show that goes to show that it wasn't like a one-off situation. That goes to show that... It wasn't just the Aaliyah situation. Yeah, like, his issues are deep-rooted. Like, he is really ill. And I don't wish him the best. I don't wish him the best. So you don't want him to get help? What what purpose is it going to serve at this point? I mean, if he's not going to be in jail. Yeah, I just feel like he needs to take accountability. Like, I feel like everything yeah. needs to be ripped away from him that he cares about. And maybe if he wants to go and get some therapy, that's fine. But, like, I don't, and I'm working on this, but I don't feel like there's, like, forgiveness. Like, forgiveness is not an option at this point. 
like hmm. for him. Do you think that there's any coming back? If do you think that there's any coming back? For oh him? no, there shouldn't be any coming back if we're talking music and making a music comeback or anything. Yeah. No, that's done. I mean, I'm done. He's forever canceled. This forever. This canceled. is written forever. in pen, not in pencil. It, like you know, you can't erase yeah. ink, this right? This is written in blood. Right. This is like for life. Yeah, for real. Life for real. So I, I mean, but like I would like, I guess, because I saw Yala go on Sway in the morning. I really liked her interview because she really, she didn't focus on, oh my God, R. Kelly is this and that, and he's, you know, she really focused on the bigger picture as yeah. a community, what we need to do and what he needs to do mm-hmm. and what this means. He doesn't even means. know that he's doing anything wrong. That's that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of the problem. He is in total denial of everything. I think, and it's hard to like really... And it's crazy to Because me. on one hand, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, do you think you cannot know that you're doing something wrong, but yet try to cover it up? Like, I, that's the part that I'm conflicted about. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around that concept. Because obviously he knew it was wrong because... He acted one way in public. He had these non-disclosure agreements. He was making these payments to these girls for a reason. Like, he was doing this, obviously, because he was trying to hide something. But then, like, does he realize that... But that then I'm, like, conflicted because then, on another hand, it's like, does he know what he's doing is wrong? Like, with being in these with these young girls. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. I just feel like he knows, like, but it's, like, does one of those. Does he know th- that it's legally wrong, or does he know that it's morally, like. I think he knows that it's legally wrong now over the years with all the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. But morally, I don't think he really has a moral conscience. I think that was stripped away of him at a very young age. Yeah. I feel like all that of those things with his sister molesting him and that yeah. other male figure in his life, I really feel like it just died. Like that mm. part of him died. The part that tells you What's right from right. wrong. Oh, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. That's- very and then once he found his musical ability and he saw how good he was at it it really started to gas his head up like mm-hmm. i'm the shit like mm-hmm. i i can go far with this like yeah. nobody's touching me musically yeah. like i'm in my own lane so it was i'm like, doing the touching <laughs> right i'm yeah physically and and metaphorically Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's like but, it's like. Do you remember the interview when the the what's his name? Torrey. Torrey asked him. It was like, do you like younger girls? He was like, well, do you like teenage girls? He's like, He's when, like when well, you say teenage, how how young are we talking? Like what? Like evidence? Torrey was even talking about how he was like, oh, you know, that was just like the first question, just like to break the ice. <laughs> Expect him to, of course, answer no. it's an easy question, right? Yeah. Like, who's going to mess that up? And he was like, what? Like, he was really struggling with the question when he's supposed to just be like, oh, absolutely not. I, yeah. I would never, I've never, and I would he's never. just gotten off. Yeah. So, and then he was like, when they, he said, oh my God, they really aired it. He was like, I thought they were definitely going to cut that out. Mm-hmm. And but then, then they, they only aired like four, like four, something like that, and then took it off. 
Oh, four minutes of it? No, like four four times on TV or something like that. Like oh. a few times on TV and then they took it off. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that. That's what I that's what um Tori said in that in an interview I saw. He was on the Breakfast Club actually. Mm. Um that's what he said. But wow. it's just like what like there's the proof there's an overwhelming amount of proof. Like I don't <laughs> understand the people that still are conflicted. Right. It it's it, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's like when people wanna choose like the music and in the documentary they talked about how R. Kelly has created so many masterpieces, musical yeah. masterpieces that literally tie to a positive memory mm-hmm. yeah, in your like life. People are getting married to it. Yeah, getting married, graduating, yeah. Birthdays, you know, obviously first sexual yeah. encounters, like positive sexual encounters, not mm-hmm. the shit he be doing. Yeah. But you know, there's so many like landmark marquee type of songs mm-hmm. that he has that people literally it's like almost like you're erasing a part of your childhood when yeah. you say I'm not gonna listen to these songs anymore. It's it's crazy. It's deep. It's deep. Yeah. You know that's part of why people find it so hard to let go of the music and to know. let go of him as an artist. I guess I haven't been in that situation where like someone I really looked up to. And one thing that I feel just to kind of go off topic a little bit. One thing that I feel like we need to stop doing as a society and I myself I'm like trying to start like stop doing this is putting celebrities like making them inhumane and putting them on these pedestal as gods like at the end of the day celebrities are human being just like everyone else their yes. career allows them to do a lot of things that most people can't and they're talented but at the end of the day they're human being they are bound to make mistakes they're bound to mess up and i feel like i feel like that's also their downfall as well like painting this perfect persona for the public that's why when they mess up like human beings do it's such a big deal you get what i'm saying right like it's such a big deal when they mess up because they paint this pu- like this perfect picture but at the end of the day they're human beings like nobody's perfect right and that was just my little extra rant no i, I wanted I, to say because i appreciate it's so that. true because like i was thinking about it i was like that's why like the kevin hart like when he was like when he, the thing came out with him cheating on his wife many men have cheated on his their wives right right there's been a lot men who have gotten babies from cheating on his wife he was granted kevin hart was found in a very like not very compromised position (laughs) but i feel like what made it worse for him is the perfect public persona that he has painted even going as far as to say well, I'm not, I've never, like, my wife is my rib. Like, I would never cheat on her. Like, right. I learned my, like, I feel like that's what made it worse in his situation. Yeah. Do you think so? Um, I think it was a, a few, a few things. The fact that he cheated on his ex-wife. Yeah. With Aniko. So it was like history repeating he, itself. Yeah. And well, they, that was they, one yeah. part. And then the other is that he he didn't he really seem remorseful persona. throughout the whole 
thing. He didn't seem remorseful. He kind of was like, you know, I've, I've apologized or whatever, but it was, it was, it didn't seem like that, mm-hmm. like, remorseful, like that yeah. genuine to me. It was kind of like, I need to get back to business, yeah. like, I need to get back to this money yeah. or whatever. Like, and then, of course, like, really focusing on the his ex-friend that was, you know, trying to out him or whatever, which mm-hmm. was messed up. Like, that's why they prosecuted him or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, basically trying to blackmail him and stuff. So that was the other part that I feel like Kevin Hart was highlighting. But he kind of, like, downplayed. And even in the Irresponsible Tour, I go to see the Irresponsible you Tour went, a lot. Yeah, me and Yabe went. Oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he didn't really talk much at all about the cheating. About, really? I thought that's what the whole irresponsible. Like, it was about. like literally, I can't even remember what he really said. That was even like, oh, about this cheating. happened, and he. I mean, he kind because of. He probably also there's a lot of legal shit that's going on behind scene. I think that he probably can't talk about, like with the girls extorting him and like charges against that like he probably legally can't talk about it maybe but i feel like he could have talked about his part, part. that he played in it yeah, that yeah, this yeah. is how i felt i shouldn't have done it yeah. I was, what, what an idiot i am mm-hmm. i have such a good woman by my side like yeah. he could have incorporated that into his hour special mm-hmm. but it wasn't really there it was kind of like just uh, different stories yeah like about the family and mm-hmm. his friends you know but my my so i was like man he don't he don't give a damn, damn. yeah he don't i maybe but, i guess we'll never know but yeah. my moral of like the point of me bringing up that story is because to go back like for me itself like i feel like what made it worse is because of the perfect picture he tried to paint of himself Hmm. like many other celebrities like I feel like celebrities just need to start being real like these these characters that they're portraying in the public is not real that's that I I, I yeah I can see that what were we talking about before I got on this rant (laughs) well I think we were talking about just wrapping up like the you know sex tape trial and you know like, R. Kelly's public persona and people finding it so hard to believe that he was like this nasty bastard. Absolutely. Gotcha. And also the difficulty they have letting go of him, letting go of his music because of the cultural mm-hmm. um, ties and the, the historical ties that it has to individuals like lives mm-hmm. and their and their memories. So it's a very deep, like, psychological bond. It's not like, oh, this song is cool, and I like Mm -hmm. him as an artist. It's deeper than that because he's so talented in how he writes his music Mm -hmm. and produces it and everything, and he has created anthems, you know, that is the story, like, what did they say, the the soundtrack to people's lives. Lives, literally. You know, so that's a deep thing. Mm -hmm. And not all artists are able to do that on a like consistently mm-hmm. like so it goes back to what i was saying the yeah. devil was uh angel of music back in the day the devil is very is very crafty very creative mm-hmm. you know and if you're not careful he can look like an angel exactly. i mean he's not an ugly you know wretched smelly looking thing a lot of times he's very 
attractive. Mm-hmm. He dresses nice. He smells good. The that's what the devil is. You know what I mean? Lie. He's a damn lie. And so is R. Kelly. So yeah. I guess that's that. Yeah. Fuck this. R. Kelly for life. Mute R. Kelly. Period. Period. Um. Yeah. So I mean. You know, the the last two things I want to say, you know, about R. Kelly or whatnot, um, well, three things. I want to say that the part that really got to me in the, in the documentary that drove me to tears was definitely Michelle Kramer and Dominique Gardner's story. Uh, this was the girl, Dominique, that has been with R. Kelly on and off for eight years straight. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the longest relationships I've ever heard of out mm-hmm. of many of the girls. And she is now home, mm-hmm. you know, free. She's free of this man. She has decided mentally to walk away for mm-hmm. good. And her mom was instrumental in making that happen. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say big shout out to Michelle Kramer. She did that. She, she mm-hmm. you know, she is like a strong uh, woman, strong woman, amazing mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, a mom to be able to let her child go knowing that she can't force a grown woman mm-hmm. to not date a man that she basically claimed she was in love with for mm-hmm. so long that she was infatuated with. You know, and she knew she trusted God over the years to say, I know one day she's going to understand. She's going to see that this is Mm -hmm. this is wrong, that she shouldn't be here and she's going to come home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a perfect example of allowing God to work Work in your life and trusting God to prevail. Even Mm -hmm. when the devil will try everything. Yeah. And God I, still can prevail. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in this case. It was that was powerful. Yeah, she was. And I felt like I feel like I felt her energy and her strength just from the way she spoke in that documentary. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like it I wasn't felt, like the like other she mothers. Was strong. Like she was I, I felt her strength. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I felt that too. I definitely did. And the other things I want to say is that, you know, people are like, oh, well, what does it matter? Like whether I listen to his music or not and this and that. And, you know, well, we should still be able to support him. People are lying on him. They just want his money and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. He's not what you guys think he is. And this not. Listen, he is what he is. He is a monster. He has done all these things. At the end of the day, we need to focus on taking money out of his pockets because it will slowly but surely break him down to the point where he will not have so much power and control in keeping the woman that Mm -hmm. is in the sex cult close to him. It will become a a step-by-step process where eventually he loses money, he Mm -hmm. loses esteem, he loses power, Mm -hmm. he loses control. These girls can now start to think for themselves a little bit. They can start to make decisions that the money is dried Mm -hmm. up anyway. Why am I staying here? And the people around him are not going to stay around him for no reason. Exactly. So now we take away that umbrella, that that cushion, Mm -hmm. that cape. Yeah, that cape. Or as um, John Gray likes to say, the covering. We take away the covering and he is now bare. He's naked. He's exposed. So when that team is no longer there, which is the same people that protects him for so Mm -hmm. many years, now these women can maybe have the courage to walk away Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's nothing that's holding them back. There's nothing to make them want to stay there. 
And at yes. the end of the day, it's the money, the power, the fame, and the success that's keeping them there. Without money, there's no fame, there's no success, and there's no power. So that's why it's so instrumental to mute him and not support him in any way whatsoever. Exactly. It's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. But he's been dropped from his record label. He's not getting booked for shows mm -hmm. anymore. He's not touring. Mm -hmm. He's obviously not going to put out an album because mm -hmm. he doesn't have a record deal. He's going to have to go independent. Yeah. Which means he is going to have to pump Come up his out own. his own money. And we all know it's hard to be an independent artist. And when mm -hmm. the money st flow stops coming in, you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to have money to do what he's doing. To exactly. silence women. To w cut deals behind the scenes like he's done all these years. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's important that we mute him. Don't stream his music. Don't buy old albums or new albums. Just no, like don't do none of that. Like mm -hmm. just cancel him all the way. Backspace, delete. Yeah. And Control don't look back. Delete. Exactly. Exactly. So restart. That's fine. <laughs> like, yo, I saw this email. And the other thing I want to <laughs> say for the women that are currently in hostage, like Joycelyn Savage, mm -hmm. Asriel Cleary. Jeronda, yes, you, you are in bondage. I pray, you know, for all of these families mm -hmm. and for the women themselves that one day and one day soon, uh -huh. by the grace of God and with the help of this Me Too movement, uh -huh. this documentary and with, uh, you know, everything that's been going on, all the exposure yeah. and coverage, mm -hmm. news coverage, I pray that they will heal, escape, they will leave. Mm -hmm. And the healing can begin because that's yeah. basically a next step yes. is healing, which will take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And stop victim blaming people. Stop blaming the victims. Oh my gosh. Oh my, it's like terrible. stop it. Like stop doing that. Stop blaming them. Stop blaming their parents. Do not do not digress or like try to deflect from the situation at hand which i've said many times and i'm gonna say it one more time for the conclusion our kelly is a predator let's not forget that yes let's not forget period just mute our kelly yes. that's it like that's mm -hmm. that's all i can say just yeah continue to to bring forth the stories the truth and if you want to still listen to his music that's fine do not make a bullshit excuse as to why you're listening to his music be real with yourself and be real with others that you don't give a fuck that he's a predator and, and you support just, it exactly you're condoning and supporting it so as long as you're cool with that Go ahead, girl. Yes. Listen to do your thing. You know what I mean. Step in the name of love, happy people. Mm -hmm. You know, go all to of that. his hotel. Exactly. He's gonna give you his room keys <laughs> and stick something in the ignition. If that's what if that's what floats your boat, hey. But be real with yourself. Look yourself mm -hmm. in the mirror and say, I support pedophiles. I support, you know, sick, twisted acts. Yeah. And yeah. Continue to live your life. So, yes. yeah, that's um, that's and pretty hope much... that karma don't come back to you because karma is real. It is real. 
and it is always running with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. Nobody is safe from it. That pretty much, you know, wraps up this uh, very uh, special Listen Up podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, Vivi, I definitely want to say thank you for coming out here and just like speaking to the truth. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like highlighting so many things with this this R. Kelly situation that we need to keep talking about exactly. it. Exactly. We need to keep bringing awareness mm-hmm. and you have definitely done that tonight. So for that, I say thank you. And thank you. So much. Thank you. And I appreciate you for having me. And I just want to give you a shout out <laughs> again that I am so proud of you for like being consistent and doing your damn thing, you know what you want, which is this media, you want to be in the business of media, and you do not stop, you, you you keep going, whether it's doing your podcast, which you've been very consistent with doing, whether it's going and interviewing different artists or people, or doing different events, you are doing it, girl. And guess what? Oh, wow. Thank the you. way to success is by being consistent and working so hard. True. And you are definitely doing that. So guess what? There's no other option but for you to succeed as long as you continue doing it. Amen. Amen. Yes. I receive that. I received that. I mean that. I really, really mean that. These words that you're giving me, these Mm -hmm. words of inspiration Mm -hmm. and and just, you know, encouragement, you Mm -hmm. know, it really, it really means everything to me. So no problem. I really mean it. I definitely look forward to having you back. You know, I will, girl. We gotta get into some more things in the future. (laughs) We got lots to talk about. I want to commend you for being brave and coming out here. This your first time ever doing anything like this. She was so nervous, and I just (laughs) honestly want to tell you, you really killed it. Like. Seriously, like you really are a natural at this. You're very well spoken. You, your ideas just flow. Yes. You know, very concisely, very clearly and eloquently. And, you know, you have some talent. You make it comfortable. You make it comfortable (laughs) for me to do. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. I would just be talking my shit to to my husband and pissing him (laughs) off. The only difference is we just like pin the little mic on you. That's it. Yeah, you still that's it. <laughs> just with a little little technology in the yeah. background. A little recording. Hopefully, you recorded this time. Oh my gosh! I swear this thing better act right. I'm for not real, playing with you, real. recorder. I'm not playing with you. But let the people know where they can find you on social media. Um, my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So the only social media I have really that I use is Instagram. Oh, and shout out to Instagram. Mm-hmm. My username is Beads. So it's B E E B Z Z underscore. Okay. When I signed up, my name wasn't really available, so I just had to add a little extra, extra <laughs> in there, you know. Add a little extra flair. A little extra little, Z and a little extra drip. <laughs> I love it. It's so cute, though, when you see it, like, visually. It is, yeah. like, a cute, like, 
You know what I mean? Thank you, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you heard it from the horse's mouth. Make sure to follow BB at B E. E B Z Z underscore and my shit private, so don't think you're gonna go on there and snoop. You gotta <laughs> get accepted before you can see this. <laughs> That's you, right. you gotta follow and hope that you get accepted. Yes. That's how this works. That's how this works. You ain't getting no content for free. Nope. <laughs> nope. And you better subscribe to this goddamn podcast too. Lady Sola, listen up. Yes, please. Let these people know. You yes. getting these people together today. <laughs> you just getting these people all the way together. Like, I don't even have to say nothing. Like, <laughs> like you better subscribe to YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple, and everything else. Yes, Spotify. Yes. Listen up with Lady Sola. Just type that in. It's mm-hmm. on iTunes, Apple Music. It's on Spotify, like she said. It's on uh, uh, SoundCloud yes. as well. Everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. I have it on a few other platforms as well. That is... Um, uh, I cannot think of at the moment, but definitely wherever, wherever you listen Seek to podcasts. Seek and you will find. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Seek and you shall find. <laughs> well, that is it for this episode. This is episode 14 once again. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we just going to pray for the victims. We're going to pray for the survivors. We're going to pray for everybody that Mm -hmm. healing takes place. Yes. And open your ears and listen up. Deuces. Yes. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Listen Up Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and share with your friends. If you're really rocking with it, leave a rating or review on the Apple Podcast app. The support is always appreciated.